Welcome to Tall, Dark, and Fictional, a podcast about romance fiction by romance writers. Hello! It's, it's been a while. It's been a moment. And today, I don't have SJ with me. I actually have a special guest, and you know her and you love her. Welcome, Gabby, to the podcast. G. Marie. Hello. Thanks for having me back. Thank you for coming. I said we're doing a special episode, and we are. That special episode is going to be about something we touched on in a previous episode that we kind of ranted about randomly. It was a tangent, but I got a lot of messages about it. So I figured we might as well devote a whole episode to it, which is our experience with sororities. So if you don't want to hear that, turn us off, come back another time. We'll be back soon with new episodes about romance and romance writing. But I got an email, a very mysterious email the other day, uh, and I'll explain why it's mysterious in a minute, that this person said they listened to the podcast about sorority hazing and, and then also said they'd love it if we did a podcast detailing our whole experience with Greek life, sorority life. And then they uh, left a few questions as well. And the reason this was a little bit mysterious is because the person did not sign their name. So I have no idea who it is. <laughs> not a clue, which is fine. But like normally people sign their names or I get like Instagram messages. So I have like something to kind of attach things to. And then also, um, I, I think I was probably late in responding to this email. But when I did go to respond to it, the email address had been deleted. It has a real Skulls vibe to it. <laughs> Anybody who's familiar with that classic movie? It is kind of like sorority-esque in the way that it's a little bit secretive. And I'm sorry if my dog is barking in the background. He is not a please boy today. He was, he's was he been staying in the bathroom because he gets too hot. And that's like the coolest place in our house. I'm keeping the air at 67 for this dog. I'm like, I cannot make it colder in here. Anyway, yeah, we're going to talk about our sorority stuff today. I don't know. I'm, I'll give a little background. Do you want to start or would you like me? You can start. So I went to a small liberal arts college. It was private. It's in the Midwest. And you would not think that Greek life was really a big deal there. I didn't even really know what Greek life was. Like, I'd only just kind of seen things from like the movies from like the 80s and shit, you know, like, which is terrifying. Yeah. Like, I didn't really know, but I knew that on my campus, because it was such a small school, Greek life was actually really big and that a lot of the social activities came from Greek life. And I felt like I had to do it or I wouldn't be an important person, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah, like I bought the narrative. I bought it. It's like, you're going to be a part of a group. And, you know, for me as a person who uh, didn't fit in with my family, like the idea of fitting in with groups of people was always like very compelling to me, which is dangerous, by the way. <laughs> Community is different than fitting into groups like this. In my opinion, sororities, Greek life, it's a cult. You can kind of get out of it. You can get out of it. It's not, but also there are consequences to getting out of it. So I, it, very, very cult-like vibe to it. Oh, yeah. So all of my friends and I, we rushed. We all did. Everybody was kind of wanting to go to like a different sorority lip. We had seen around campus. Like we had different beliefs about like which sorority was going to be a good sorority. I don't know how your sorority did it, but my sorority did like first they did like an informal kind of meet and greet for each each house. And then after that, you would pick who you wanted to go back to and they would pick you. Ours was different. It was like a very formal process. It was a formal process as well, as well. But like first we called it informal, but it was like you go to the each house and then you sit down and you talk at tables with these people and you're supposed to dress a certain way, right? So yes. the informal one, you could wear jeans, I guess, or something. And I don't even know. It was like something you could look casual for. Mm-hmm. So then after that, you I, actually what happens is you get, a thing back that tells you all the sororities that want you back for the formal meeting. So okay. the formal meeting is right before you do your like preference and your bid night or whatever. So oh. the formal one, then you like dress up and it's like a little more serious and it's a little more like close knit because there's not as many people. I'll say this. You have to just like have the right kind of personality, I think, because a lot of my friends didn't get asked back to a lot of the sororities and I got asked back to every single one except for one sorority yeah. and that sorority were like the weird girls they had like a, they were really really small like they didn't party with the frats they were like theater kids they were super nerdy and they didn't want me <laughs> that could have been the one to join honestly honestly well now i'd be like okay they're probably like the best one they were they were just like nerds like that and who knows like i don't even know what i I had like no business like judging them. And I definitely did. I was like, oh, well, who gives a fuck like about these people? Like the pretty sorority asked me back and the fun sorority asked me back, whatever. And so 
So I think there was like a weird already. It was like a weird division to start with. Like even before you like get into the Greek life itself, like you're already being divided into these groups because then I had friends who didn't get asked back to the sororities that they thought they really fit in with. And they, you know, like they would find out, oh, actually not really, like not really at all. After you narrowed it down to like what formals you were going back to, then you did like your your preferences, right? Like for bid nights. Mm -hmm. So then you would put down which sororities you wanted, like one, two, three, and then you would get matched. And they would also like rank you one, two, three. And, and if, and you would hopefully get your number one match sorority, which I did, I got my number one and they picked me. So that's, that was like the process for me. And the reason I think I got asked back to all those sororities was because you have to know how to like game the system. This is just like with everything. There's just so many people. You just need like two people to remember you. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't know the conversations that were going on behind the scenes, but I knew that of all the people in the group, like I had to make connections very quickly. And so that's what I did. But, but that only works if everybody's kind of like working on this, the same playing field. Like, yeah, there's a lot of privilege that goes into it. There's like pretty privilege. Certainly there's, I wouldn't even say as desirability politics goes into it. So are you already considered desirable to them? And in that case, from there, once you like have, re- have passed that hurdle, then, then it's a matter of, can you game the system? So that's kind of how it was for me. How, was it similar for you? I love that you were trying to game the system even I just knew I had to win (laughs) (laughs) um ours was like similar but also a little different so I went to um like a large larger southern university um which should already tell you a lot about Greek life um and um I only decided to rush because my dad really wanted me to for some reason because he thought it would help me make friends and have a network and he was in a fraternity when he was in college apparently he was the social director that checks out for him it definitely makes sense for my dad and why he pushed me to do it. So Rush at my school started before classes even started. Which is normal. Mine started like second half of the year. Yeah, like we had two rushes. There was there was fall rush and there was spring rush. And fall rush was the big one. Spring rush was like smaller. Um, but fall rush usually started like, you know, kids move on to campus. There's usually that week between campus moving and like classes starting. And so Rush kind of starts right away, like a day or two later. Which is insane. How were you supposed to know? Oh, I don't know. You know, I don't know what kind of marketing is going on on the campus by Panhellenic or whatever, which is like the governing body over all the Greek life groups, sororities and fraternities. I just remember meeting girls like on my hall, like people I didn't really end up being friends with long term. They just, you know, you meet people and you're like, cool, somebody to eat with. And them talking about, are you going to rush? Are you going to rush? Oh, I'm going to rush this one. I'm going to rush this one. And I was like, what the fuck are these Greek letters? I don't understand. I don't know what these names are, but they came to college knowing they already knew which sorority they were going to be in supposedly but like actually yes got picked because maybe they were a, they were a legacy maybe they had a mom sister aunt whoever who was a legacy or a friend who was already there so I just remember that was a very overwhelming process and then we had to go to all these parties and these parties were not like at houses they were in designated parts on campus not at all where the sororities lived but like, so like different ballrooms on campus, you know, like whatever event space basically is where these were. Before you go in the doors, like you can, he- the doors are shut and you can hear all the sorority sisters behind the doors, like doing their chants, pounding the doors, pounding the floor. So it's like kind of like a, like a bit of a, like a weird adrenaline rush, but it's also terrifying. They tell you how to dress and then you go in and you have like a 15 minute conversation. You talk to one, maybe two people at a time. They kind of pass you around. They have a whole system going that you don't even know is happening. And then you leave and go to the next one and then you leave and go to the next one. And it's an all day thing. And then you get back to your room, you rank things. Of course, they've ranked you. Then you get asked back for the second round for whichever ones that you kind of matched with. You do it all again. I don't remember how many rounds there are. Until you finally do get to like the night before bid day, you like submit your list. Obviously, they've submitted theirs. And I did not get picked by my first pick. And I remember being pissed because I was like, well, great. If I'm going to do this, my sister-in-law had gone to the same school and was in that sorority and had written me a letter. And so like I was kind of a legacy, but not really. And so I remember being like, "Uh, excuse me, how could you not pick me? But the sorority that I ended up in was the one that was like my second choice bid day happens and then you are a pledge for I don't remember how much it is like how long it is I mean it's probably like a month month and a half we had to go to pledge classes where you learned we all got binders where you like learn all the things about the sorority you have to memorize all this shit 
you have to learn the chants. Um, you have to learn just all the, the bylaws, the history. You know, you have to recite it <laughs> in random th- ways. You know, you get your big sister. Well, let's back up. Just talking about Rush. Yeah, you're like making me remember things. But that's essentially like beforehand. That's everything beforehand. It's all fun. It's exciting. Oh, yeah. They love you. They want you to pick them. You want to pick them. It's crazy to me that you didn't get your first pick when somebody wrote a letter for you. <laughs> I know. I was like, what's wrong with me? What what else do they need? What's wrong with them? I know what was wrong though. Cause like I knew what the girls in the sorority looked like. That's what was wrong with me was that I, I don't think I was like quote unquote pretty enough. I cannot, this cannot even. And they're also judging you on academics. There's also like. How do you have academics when you just showed up? They have your high school information. That is (laughs) fucking funny. See, I don't think I, we definitely didn't have that at mine. It was just too think, small. Like yeah, the school wasn't it. that. They weren't that serious about it. It is really funny though that you're like, oh, I, I, maybe I wasn't pretty enough or whatever, which is which is insane to me. By the way, I cannot imagine a scenario in which you are not pretty enough. Not that it matters, but I'm just being for real. But it's funny that I also mentioned I got picked by my first choice. Like I made a point to say it. Like it still matters or something. Like it matters. You know what I mean? Like like yeah. after all this time, I still said it I'm like they all chose me like how fucked up how that just shows you how like deep this shit goes even when you're like I'm against this I don't like this I don't need this well humans like to be you like to be chosen like I don't know I think that's like an inherent thing that we like still society you want to be chosen by the worst people Okay, so then you have like prep night and or we called okay. it bid night, right? Like you prep and then you have bid night. Okay, so what they did basically was they made it so that like you had a crazy, they were like, we love you. You're so amazing. Oh my God. Like we chose you. They give you all this stuff. You get your big, like you're mm-hmm. saying. The tradition was to chug, I can't even believe I'm going to say this, <laughs> a bottle of champagne. It was oh, to gross. chug a bottle of champagne. So your big oh. gives you a bottle of champagne. They decorate it. And then you, and you get all this shit, right? Right? And you mm-hmm. don't know yet what's about to come. They're just like, we are going to have the best time. And they're like, you can't, we can't party with guys while, while you're pledging. That's what they say to you. And they're like, it's just us. We have like the best time ever. And then as soon yeah. as you get super fucking wasted, they're like, just kidding. All the guys are showing up. And then like the others, like some fraternity showed up. I don't remember which one doesn't matter. So we're all like blackout blotto drunk. And then all these dudes show up and they're like, it is the best time oh, ever. No. Blah, 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 blah. Right. So that was like my first night in the sorority. But I thought it was amazing at the time because we were all having like the greatest time ever, even though now Mm -hmm. I would be like shocked in shock and horror. But then the next day, you're so hungover. You feel the worst you've ever felt in your entire life. And then they totally fucking turn on you. That's what happened in my sorority. I don't know if that happened in yours, but like they went went from being so nice. We love you to like the next day, like your life is about to be hell. Oh my God. That's intense. Mine wasn't quite that bad. Not in that way. Midday was like during the day and I'm pretty sure that I just, I didn't hang out with them that night. I went home because I was like, I don't fucking like this. <laughs> Wait, were you unhappy? Let me ask you, because yeah. you, it wasn't your first choice, did you feel like you got off on the wrong foot? Yeah, like I was like, well, this is fine. But I wasn't like super excited. Like some girls were fucking crying. I was like, all right. I still wasn't fully sold either. You know, I was like, what am I doing? This is interesting. And everybody is jumping and very excited. And I'm, that's just not me. You know, they give you um, a bidet shirt. You take the pictures with your whole bid, with your whole pledge class. Everybody else who's joining, they have signs and they're telling you welcome. And like, I mean, everybody was genuinely pretty nice. And then I think I just like went back to my dorm room and hung out with my roommate. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. See, I can't even imagine that because this is so funny how different we are. Like from that moment on, like when it was, it like became my life during that very short period of time. So like, here's what happened. They like, they love bomb you, right? It's like, just like a narcissist, Mm -hmm. like they love bomb you and you're like, oh my God, oh my God. And then they turn on you. Right. Like I said, but with you, you had like one foot out the door anyway. Well, and like, I don't know when you all did your big, big little sister thing. Ours happened, like it happens after, after you're already in or whatever. And it's like kind of like a weird dating ritual. For us, it was like when you get the bid, then you get like assigned well, your, then your big is like, I picked you. And yeah. like, here's your, like, here's all the stuff you need essentially. And then you get oh, like yeah. your fucking binder full of totally nonsensical things to memorize. 
Like you were yeah. saying, like, <laughs> like yeah, you have yeah, to memorize yeah. the founding stuff. And I'm like, nobody edited this. Let me tell you, as a professional <laughs> writer now, I'm like, y'all should be ashamed because that writing made no sense. It was from like 1918. It was from some bitches from 1918 who wrote some random mm-hmm. shit to try to sound smart. And they just ended up sounding really stupid. And then we had to memorize it in the 2000s. Like, what was that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I think mine started off a little slower in the sense that I got really into it after I'd been in it for like like six months or something and things didn't turn until like I was like maybe a junior and senior where I felt like the sorority had like really changed in terms of values and like the things that we were doing are big and little we had like a whole big little reveal day so basically leading up to finding out who your big sister was there's a whole week where they um are dropping off anonymous gifts at your door that is so fucking weird yeah and drop and like Uh, So you would get back to your dorm after class and you'd have signs outside your dorm room about how much, you know, they can't wait to meet you and they love you. And then there'd be like gifts and the gifts. I mean, I have never had so much Tupperware just painted with sorority letters in my entire life. Like everything you would get a cooler. Right. So you, everybody had a, I kept that cooler for fucking ever, everybody. Like at least it was useful. Yeah. And they decorated it for you, personalized it to your name and then filled it with shit. I, I feel bad saying this. She was a nice girl. I just like did not really click with her. And I was like, well, I'm really over two. Like, first of all, this isn't really. (laughs) And she's nice and all, but we don't have like a connection at all. And I was like, was I just like the leftover scraps? Like what? See, this hurts my heart in general because it just shows you how fucked up these kinds of like systems are. Because that's like a really terrible feeling, um, yeah. whether or not it's true. Obviously, you don't know. Like, you yeah. don't know where that what that was even about. But it's just like nobody wants to feel that way. Let me read a few of the questions that we got yeah. in this email. OK, the first one I think I already answered. But what was the moment when things flipped where the sisters went from being nice to being mean, where Rush ended and pledging began? And was there a dramatic crescendo moment? Was there a climax to the ang- to this, the terror? So you didn't have that because you were not hazed in the same way that I was. Yeah, like our quote unquote hazing, I would say like we had to do this like we had to like uh, do like a sketch show or whatever, like during um, I don't remember what the fuck it's called now, but like the week leading up to the The meetings. Yeah, uh, leading up to the first home football game. There's a lot of Greek activity around that. And like we had sounds like paranormal activity. It's like there's a lot of weird stuff (laughs) going on. We had to like perform though in front of like everybody, which I guess is like its own form of humiliation, but like just not the same though. I was lucky in the sense nobody forced. I was not forced to drink. I was not, and that was that was not the same case for other kids I knew at my school who were in other. Yeah, I just got lucky there. Even if you weren't indoctrinated into these insane rituals like I was, it doesn't mean that it's not damaging and that the situation is not bad for the people around you like and especially uh, well okay so I'll answer this question because I touched on this in the last podcast where we talked about it the moment that everybody that everyone flipped where I was like oh my god what have I gotten myself into was the first night we had a Wednesday we always had these Wednesday meetings with pledges it was like pledge night I think or something like that I don't remember a lot of the details but like that was when we did the interrogations and I talked about this in the other episode where in our little binders yeah literally called interrogations in our binders we ourselves had to put this all together so every single pledge class we had to memorize in alphabetical order we had to know their first middle last names their majors which they would fuck with you they would be like i'm a history french major with a minor in blah 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 and a concentration in blah 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 like they would purposely make it like super difficult and then where and what city and state they were from so you had to know all those things for each for each pledge class so I'm telling you, that's a lot of people to memorize, right? Like that's a hundred plus people or whatever. You had to memorize them. We stood in a line. You have to hold your pledge paddle up like a fucking soldier. Like what the hell? Yes. Oh yeah. We had paddles, straight up paddles. And you, you had to stand in an order too. I think they made us go in height order, which is also fucking weird, but that's how we always stood up. Or I don't remember. There was some order we were designated that we always had to be in, which is just so fucking gross. And then Mm -hmm. you go down the line and each person person has to say the you they'll be like give us pledge class for blah 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 and they and then you have to you know name them off in order and if you don't get it right then you have to do a wall
repulse it with your paddle on your hands until it comes back around to you. And then you're all psychologically messed up, right? Because you've been doing a wall sit for like five fucking minutes, which is extremely hard. There's no wall there. You're just doing a straight up wall sit with no wall. You're not leaning against anything. Like who can even do that? And then it comes. I mean, yeah, yeah. like it is. Yeah. And then it comes back to you and you're like all shaken up. You're like literally shaking. And then what are the odds you're going to get this right the next time around? Right? Like it's very psychologically taxing. And then the whole time, usually they have you in a basement. Sometimes they just have you in the meeting room and they're all standing there. I, Oh, I remember their fucking faces. The first time this happened, I was shocked. I did not know any of this would happen. They were standing there, arms crossed, scowling at us, just like looking like just, and then they would sometimes, cause you know how there's always like extra bullies in, in, certain places oh yeah sometimes the like extra mean ones would yell stuff out at you like you guys are lazy we never did this in our pledge class we would never do this which is obviously a lie right like obviously every single play it's 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 all it's like kabuki theater it's all fake but i I was an innocent little 18 year old i had no idea what was happening i thought this was real they were like if you don't get this right we're not gonna let you into the sorority which is a lie by the way because it's literally a lie like they they lie to you constantly they'll be like if you don't do this if you don't do that we're not gonna let you in if you don't if your pledge class doesn't get all these names memorized you're not gonna get in if you let your grade slip while we are forcibly making you participate in binge drinking, putting together all this random shit that doesn't matter, cleaning the houses of the other people in the sorority. If you don't keep your grades together, then that just tells us you're bad at time management. Do you know like the capitalism, the way that they are invoking capitalist language, the way that they know exactly how to exploit you. So they really were acting like you're trash. Like you guys are trash. Nobody else has been trash like this. You're the only ones who've been trash like this. And I fucking believed it. I believed it. Yeah. No, I mean, but of course you believed it. Cause like, why wouldn't you, you are all being told this thing and we've all grown up like in the culture of like seeing movies and tv shows that like kind of glorify this stuff and you're like you can't listen if you're rushing and if you're pledging the worst possible thing is if they tell you they no longer want you because so that's what the whole setup is horrifying like that's humiliation right like right like nobody wants that yeah so you're gonna do whatever it takes and they also activate the other pledges who are like the pick me's right that that they're like yep you're gonna be be my little minions right to then pressure the other girls who may or or guys like in a fraternity that are not maybe as on board absolutely right the other thing they do is they'll say like you during this week we better not catch you smoking weed in the dorms if we hear about that you guys are gonna be in trouble we will kick you out and then they would have your big sister go to your room and be like hey do you want to smoke some weed with me and honestly for them hilarious joke right so funny but when you really think about what that is that's really Mm -hmm. fucked up to do to someone and then you're like well now I have to make this literal philosophical choice between the the person who is supposed to be my quote-unquote family my big sister right and the entire (laughs) the rules of the sorority which allegedly I might get kicked out so like I took it all so seriously I thought it was real I really did and other people I don't think other like the other girls and I'm calling us girls because we were fucking children can I remind you I don't care if you think 18 is an adult you are not you are still a child they I don't think they really took it as seriously as me i was terrified the entire time i started losing my hair during pledging oh my God. coming out in clumps yeah um it was really bad they also um so that so i know which sounds like so extreme and i bet you anything if you talk to any of those people in my pledge class they'd be like oh it wasn't that bad but i beg to differ i think mm-hmm. that we're just so immune and de- immune and desensitized to abuse that we mm-hmm. accept it and expect it and then we perpetuate it and that's exactly yeah. what was happening in real time in front of us like first you are abused and they call it love right it's a weird trauma bond where they abuse you and then you like have to love them and then also you all bond about the trauma and then the Mm -hmm. next year you are perpetuating that trauma and if anybody wants to say I'm overreacting or if I'm being like uh if if this is like outrageous claims I just want to say go fuck yourself so hard (laughs) 
Yes, exactly. Well, and the other thing too is that it's a secret, right? Of course, it's your secret. That's honestly how they get you because like that there is that bond that you form with people who are like going through something miserable at the same time as you. Like that I think that's just any kind of like group that is has like its own secrets in that way. Kind of like the military, but like different. 100% like the military. Things are so different between the military and Creek life. Well, different goals in the end. Similar tactics, similar similar strategies. Oh, I wanted to ask you what was your initiation like because I still have like vivid memories I thought that initiation was going like nobody will tell you anything about it right and so you're so worried coming up to initiation because you got to pass I don't even remember what the test was I know that there was a test that we all had to take to pass of all the stuff that we had to memorize and like know about the sorority before we could like quote unquote be initiated. But for initiation, I was for sure, I thought there was going to be bloodletting. Like I had no idea (laughs) because they won't tell you. They keep it like veiled in such mystery. It is like a very kind of like scary, like you're like, I don't know what's going to happen here. And then you have to wear like everybody wears a robe, which again, weird. It's very weird. But can I tell you, it's the most boring experience. Uh, mine was at least. It's a lot of singing, unfortunately. Um, it's like church. It's a lot. It is like church. There's a lot of reciting of passages. Um, yeah. yeah. And there's some candle lighting. Yeah, this is a cult. We are describing a cult. cult. Again, and let me say, again, these are also tactics, doing things like boring you. That is on purpose. And the church does it too. Repeating things together in a group, singing together in a group, evoking emotion, big emotion, and and, and mirroring it back to other people in a group. Mm -hmm. That is a cult, you guys. That's (laughs) a, those are cult tactics. Okay. That's what your church does. That's what the military does. And that is what sororities do. And I paid for it like with money because obviously that's another thing cults like is to take your money (laughs) and they take your money yeah um okay was there let let's answer another question here was there ever a really devious mind fuck like where they made you think something really bad was going to happen but it really wasn't and then this person says they had a banana covered in peanut butter in the toilet so that was the trick where they probably had to like pull something out i think most knew it wasn't real but a few totally bought it i'm trying to think if there was if that anything quite like specific like that i don't i can think of one so in a lot of ways my sorority would try to like um, they would try to divert away from the stereotypes. So they would kind of trick you into, you know, what you really think hazing is. And so a lot, there was always like a lot of chatter about sororities doing this thing where they put the pledges up on a table and then make you take your clothes off and then circle your body where they think that you should like oh, yeah. change, like where your mm-hmm. body isn't right. What they did in my sorority was they loved to bring us into basements. Were you like always in a dark basement, <laughs> like a dark dingy basement? <laughs> I mean, any kind of official um, ceremonial thing was done in a dark room yeah. for the most part. It wasn't always a basement, but it was a room where they could darken it. Yeah. Okay. So this was the Midwest and like we have basements yeah. there, right? And we they're all like, <laughs> that's true. Right. You didn't have as many. You were in the South. Basements historically are very murdery seeming and and these were no exceptions at the time so they were disgusting rented houses of college students that that we would use their basements this one time they made us all line up we all had to wear all black that was the thing we had to wear like all black for some of these things which again very culty very funny um and blindfolding was a big thing so they blindfolded us in this instance as well they one by one had us do all they made us recite this recite that if you don't get this right we're gonna kick you out if you don't whatever like weird dumb shit god i fucking hate these bitches so much i hate all these bitches so then they so then one by one you had to go into a room where there was like the the final boss sorority girls and Uh then they made you stand on a table in front of them they had flashlights they they made it seem with like a big marker in the middle they made it seem like they were going to do that but instead they just like they just like machine gun peppered you with name this person's pledge class what's this person's whatever what's this person's blah 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 and you had to like answer all these questions and then they let you go and that was that but it was like they made it they were trying to like trick you you know and they still managed to like cause damage like just even thinking even just thinking that's going to happen to you that they're going to make you take your clothes off and they're going to circle parts of your body is 
even just that is damaging. Like even just yeah. the idea that you're preparing for that and you're anticipating it is damaging. So I'm trying to think of any other really bad things they made us do since I, I actually had like the hazing and you didn't so much. I know yeah. I talked about it in another episode, but they also, again, blindfolded us, brought us into a dark basement, <laughs> made us repeat a bunch of stuff, um, had us do push-ups, but then like purposely made us like put our asses in the air. And then they took the blindfolds off and there was like guys behind us with flashlights looking down at us. That's lined gross. up behind us from a different fraternity. That is absolutely disgusting. I just want to say, like, I did that not participate in these things. When it came to my turn, I was like, no, I can't make it to any of these. I can't go. That was a real mind fuck. Uh, oh, they made us flash the all boys dorm. So there was an all boys dorm on campus and they made us flash the all boys dorm. Yep. Which I think I was wearing a sports bra under my shirt. So I was like, okay, that's as far as I'll go. I'm like, who's gonna, who's gonna know? What are you gonna do? Yeah. But the fact that anybody asked that of us is like pretty wild and another thing they did was the last week hell did you have hell week um no no i don't think so if i did i blacked it out i don't remember well that's for the best and I'm sorry that I'm, I'm talking so much. I'm not trying to like no, no, uh, monopolize this. But so in Hell Week, what they did that was a really big mind fuck was they were like every day got worse and worse and worse. It was just like more and more time that we were like they they had us like trotting around campus doing all these stupid chants. They made us like tie tampons in our hair. We were always wearing like the pledge stuff every single day. Oh. You had to wear your stupid pledge ugly sweatshirt. And then the biggest thing they did though is they would be like. Like, okay, for your punishment, what you're going to have to do is make every single pledge, every single sorority member a CD, because this is like when we did CDs, like you have to burn them a a special CD for themselves that they would like only for every single sister. And then you have to carry a can of open cat food in your in your backpack all week. Like they just like were saying all this stuff because it was the last week and they knew that we weren't actually going to have to do any of that stuff because they were going to initiate us after that. But they were trying to fuck with us to be like, you're going to have to do all this stuff or you're not getting in. And it's like, (laughs) what's wrong with them? So they made us do crazy stuff. Like, cause they would constantly be punishing us for just like, you know, purposely setting you up. Like you, you could never like win the system. And they'd be like, now you have to pick one of the sisters and you have to write her a 10,000 word essay about why you like her genuinely no sh- no no fuck? cap they would they would have us do shit like that like an actual 10,000 word essay yeah and like half the people wouldn't do it like because yeah. but I think uh I yeah you, knew it, you did it didn't you I <laughs> like I did do oh no yeah I totally did it yeah yeah yeah, yeah for sure I mean, I probably because I was terrified. I would, yeah, I would have too. Because, like, heaven forbid, I'm not going to be. This was like my entree to be cool, right? Like, I not definitely give up that opportunity. Yeah, it took me a while, but I definitely bought into all of that as I became like more invested. I also spent a fuck ton of money on. Um, I mean, not that it's not that it's required, but like that's just part of it. Like in the sense of you have to buy letter shirts, which to to buy letter shirts, those are embroidered shirts. It sounds really fucking stupid when I say that but that's what they are and they're pricey you have to have them custom made and like we're all college kids right like I had student loans I had grants like I didn't have any money <laughs> like same none on that. but I definitely obviously went into you know like a ton of debt in college not just because of the sorority but like that probably helped but because you live um, in America and yeah you are exactly American. just in general that was just the experience uh of being like a college kid who didn't understand credit cards um but uh, what was I trying to say? Where was I going with that? But that the, the weird pride that I would feel like wearing my letter shirt around campus with, you know, like whatever the look was, like very, so much group thing. You could see all the sorority girls are wearing the same kind of outfit, letter shirt, short denim skirt, uh, reef flip flops. Oh, it wasn't Ugg boots. It wasn't cold enough. No, we, yeah, it was not cold enough for us. Uh, It was, it was those uniforms. And, you know, you could always tell who was pledging a fraternity because like if they were pledging, they had to walk around with like the, the guys would have to hold their paddle in front of their chest and walk around like that all day. And if they didn't, they could get hit. That shit was nuts. So now I'm remembering that every Wednesday was like your day, like letters day. You wore your letters every Wednesday. I never did that. Okay. So I did. I was like, a fucking loser. 
Well, no, not at all. You got into it more as you were go as you went. But like, yeah. I remember after I was initiated immediately, I was like, I don't want this immediately after because I realized mm-hmm. it was a, a lie. The whole thing mm-hmm. had been a lie. And it took a while for me to like kind of deconstruct that. But at the same time, I did a study abroad like for yeah. a long, I was gone for a while. So it was like I was completely rem- I was so removed. I was in another country like you couldn't yeah. have removed me further from that mm-hmm. kind of you know that's just a testament to how culture and mm-hmm. community is what gets you out of cults <laughs> like yeah. culture can also create a cult but like community and culture like the world like being in the world and amongst other people is actually what gets you out of um mm-hmm. like toxic environments and situations because doing a study abroad it it forced me to be like oh i'm small in a big mm-hmm. world and what happens back in you know illinois doesn't really matter quite as much as i thought so I think after that, I never wore, because it wasn't like I was going to do a study abroad and wear my fucking letters every Wednesday. Like, that wasn't going to happen. That's embarrassing, right? It just puts it into so much context. You're like, that's embarrassing to do, and I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think that was good. I mean, uh, it's so embarrassing, though. It's so embarrassing that I I did it. So many people get, like, into it, right? Like, the only reason, the only way I started to move away from it was when I moved off campus. And when I moved off campus my junior year, and I had my roommates and then I made other friends like in the complex where we lived is when I finally started to be like, huh, maybe I don't have to go to that. Maybe I don't need to go to that party because I'm having fun over here. Like that is what helped like pull me away from it, I think. And then I just started seeing things. Like I started seeing things that I was like, huh, I don't like this. This is weird. I don't, what is happening? Like these are not the girls that I thought I joined with um, because like my sorority was like, no, we weren't like, you know, the popular sorority on campus, right? There's a hierarchy of every, you know, sure. every sorority or fraternity, right? Of like, which one's the cool one? Which one's the hot one? Which one's the smart one? And which one's the all of the things, right? And and then which ones are the other things? Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like that everybody makes fun of. And we were like kind of in the middle. Um, we were known for partying and having a good time, which I didn't hate that. Which is that good. Was like Why not? Very much what I was interested in, right? Um, but as I got in my junior and then later senior year, the sorority itself became more popular because I guess, I mean, I don't really know. I mean, I get, again, it's also, it's all based on like looks, academics, mostly looks, mostly like, um, how you feel, how the sorority affiliates with fraternities too. That was also a really big deal at our school. Like if a sorority, there are some sorority, like some sororities would affiliate with certain fraternities that were also considered the best fraternities. And so that meant that they were the, like the, the top tier. Right. So like, if you got to have, have a party with a fraternity that was considered really cool well oh that the status again women's status tied directly to the status of men mm-hmm. your approximation to powerful men quote unquote yeah, who are really lie. gross little boys <laughs> yeah exactly um but that was how that was what would help your status was being affiliated with also uh those fraternities as well yeah so no, and you know it's oh. even beyond that like because i don't need another thing that got me out of the sorority was that I started, I never dated any frat guys. I hooked up with like way too many of them, but because it was inevitable from the parties and whatever, and you know, disgusting, gross. But I started dating a guy who was not in a fraternity. And Mm -hmm. when I started dating him and he was having parties at his house and like, I was creating a new friend group. I was, Mm -hmm. I was like, I definitely became embarrassed about like the sorority stuff. I was like, Oh, I can't, I can't like bring, I'm not, I think I did bring, him to one formal but it was just like at a hotel it's so embarrassing like the formals were like, now I'm, I think I was just embarrassed at how lame everything was like how yeah like how performative yeah college prom like performative and just kind of like I don't know. It's like, it just seemed like theater to me. It didn't, it didn't actually seem fun. It just was kind of like, it was yeah. kind of um, immature in a way. It was just funny. Cause I was immature. Right. But not, it was like childish to me. Mm-hmm. And of course we were all like doing drugs and drinking and like fucking. And that part's not quite so childish, but it's just like, no. this kind of like putting everyone together and like mm-hmm. dressing up the same and whatever. It just had this uh, suddenly it gave, as the kids say, it gave me the ick. I think is what started to happen. 
I didn't date any frat guys either. Yeah. Well, I should say this. It was not like a some kind of noble thing that I was dating a not not a frat guy and that suddenly I didn't care about my sorority. It it was it's just another example of like approximation to men changes mm-hmm. you as a woman. And that was another example of just like yeah. me like looking at my priorities and being like, I'm gonna prioritize a man in this case because I don't see the sorority like getting me anywhere. So that yeah. was not like a great decision, but ultimately like, you know, that's how it ended up. And as soon as we graduated that guy and I broke up. Terrible relationship. The other thing that I find interesting about that and something that I definitely saw happen was that, um, you know, I remember maybe it was was my freshman year, I guess, hearing about like girls and other sororities that were, God, this is so fucking terrible. Like, it's just upsetting to think about, but they were considered um, part of pledging for a fraternity. So that the goal was that the brothers would all try to sleep with the same female yeah, yeah. Um, were they called the sweetheart I don't know what they I mean maybe I don't know I don't remember if there was like a thing for it but what I find fascinating as I look back is why none of us were like hey stop that's fucked up I think we were all just happy to not be the one and I f- yes. feel fucking terrible about that you can't say anything because you can't you can't point like a finger you don't want to be in a spotlight you don't want to say hey that's real fucked up and like I also was 18 and I didn't I don't know that I knew do you know like I'm like I knew right from wrong but like I really when I look back I'm like hey why didn't you think that why didn't you say something and I'm like I don't fucking know 18 year old me is like no fucking clue (laughs) that kind of stuff was so insidious I think that stuff is just so commonplace it's still accepted now I think so in my in my college they didn't really have like it was similar I think there were like certain girls who the guys would be they would talk about in a certain way just like anywhere else like a lot of slut shaming I was engaging in slut shaming at some point too, right yeah. like that right. of course I grew up in the fucking 2000s right like that was what we did um I did get better though in college like I it was a it was you know a progression for me to and it still is we're always like learning and getting better mm-hmm. but um the fraternities did have like soror like sweethearts that they would mm-hmm. pin I guess every year they would choose like one girl and and she usually wasn't affiliated with the Greek system but they were like we love her so much that she is now an honorary member of our fraternity which if that isn't the biggest pick me situation of all time but also horribly probably abusive and toxic for that woman regardless like I I'm on her side right it's like they would do that which to me is just all kinds of gross all kinds of kind of makes me feel incredibly uncomfortable um yeah because like what are you willing to do and again because you're young and like all you really want is to fit in and to be liked and like yeah I can totally say I wanted people to think that I was pretty I wanted people to think that I was hot I wanted you know what I mean so like I don't even know what I would have done if I had been in that situation of I think you're willing to do a lot of things to maintain whatever status you might have even if no, like that, you know, because like a lot of these guys were really they were laughing at that girl, you know, like yes, they were making yes. fun of her, as were we, the girls, making fun of her and laughing at her. And it's like, God damn it. <laughs> like it is that whole like group mentality of like, well, I'm not the one, so I'm just gonna pile into this other group that's gonna judge this person for whatever. Well, it's the internalized misogyny that I think all of us women have kind of had to contend with throughout our lives where you have to choose to, or you don't have to, but we've done it. It's wrong where you choose Mm -hmm. to align with the men because they have the power and you will shit on other women because you don't want to be the woman who is getting shit on. Even though we've all taken our turn being that woman, we have all been that woman at some point in our life. And then only now, I think like later on, have we started to become better about, well, I Mm -hmm. think, I think collectively society has changed in the sense I'm, you know, I think we've we've grown leaps and bounds. We're not good, but we've grown leaps and bounds. I also yeah. want to say one really one thing that I didn't mention before, which is this is my experience as a person in a sorority that was white. My college yeah. was it's a lot of white people, right? And the Greek system, mm-hmm. primarily white. So I know that there are other uh, chapters in Greek life that are predominantly black. And I am not, uh, I would never say that my experience would be similar to theirs. I don't know what that, what that Greek system or sorority life was life's like so I'm not speaking for them right I'm just speaking of my own my own uh 
experience, which though I think a lot of other people have had. So, and I think my sorority, literally my sorority had one black person. So my my sorority did not have any, mine was, I think everybody was white. And that was, I will say at my school at the time that I went there, there were sororities and fraternities that were all white. And then there were sororities and fraternities that were maybe predominantly black. Um, Maybe some of the fraternities had some black members, like but I and that was I think that was like one of the most eye opening things for me when I was there, like seeing it in action because I was like, wait a minute, yeah, I don't this what's well and They're like saying I mean, the quiet part out loud, yeah, like it was purposeful, like mm-hmm. per, it was like segregation, but like among the Greek like system on the campus, which right. it took me a minute to like really for that shit to click, you know what I mean, and be right. like, wait a minute. Yeah, like all sororities have that have mostly white people are going to be based in white supremacy. It's just a fact. It is just a fact. Yeah. When you're going to create hierarchies, uh, you're going to inevitably, I swear to God, you'll find white supremacy <laughs> immediately. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's answer another question. I think this question's interesting. What gives you flashbacks? And this person says, for me, anytime I do a fitness class, like with planks or wall sits, I feel like I'm pledging again. They said that? Yeah. Is that also kind of yours? You know, it's funny because no, it really doesn't. I will say this. I um, steer clear of group workout classes in general because- Part, part of what makes group workout classes effective is the peer mm-hmm. pressure. And I am yeah. just not one for peer pressure. Like, okay. honestly, and you probably know this about me, peer pressure does not work on me. I will be, I am a no if I am a no. And I'm a yes if I'm a yes. That's like, good. you will know yeah. if I really want to do something. It's incredibly hard to influence me. Unless I, like, want to be, you know what I mean? Unless I'm, like, yeah. looking for someone to You're persuade like, me. Yeah, I'm like, let me know. Let me see. Let me, you know. But so I don't. I, I don't know. I'm trying to think if anything gives me flashbacks. I will say not necessarily flashbacks, but what I definitely get is the memory of the feelings of like terror <laughs> from mm-hmm. one pledging when we had the interrogations and two, just being terrified of the other women in, or girls in the sorority because yeah. when we were pledging or even after we were pledging, just kind of like the judgment that they would bring. And especially later when I stopped going to things, I became terrified of those people because I knew they hated me. I knew they yeah. thought that I had narked on the sorority. Again, mm-hmm. for people who didn't listen to the last episode, I stopped going oh, to yeah. everything my senior year and I like refused to pay dues and like they wouldn't just kick me out. It like took them forever to finally kick me out. But like after I finally was gone, Um, and doing my own thing, like having my own friends, my own life outside of the sorority, which I, whatever they, um, somebody narked on my sorority about hazing and they got in a lot of trouble and Mm. there was rumors going around that I had narked, which I obviously would never, I don't know. Actually, I'm of two minds of this. I'm like, I would never do that because I'm just like narking is like not useful. Right. Because who are we telling? We're telling school administration. What does school administration do? They what shield rapists from accountability. They kick people out for not being able to afford their astronomical prices. Like they do terrible things. Right. So it's not like I'm Mm -hmm. thinking it's like I don't think like school admins are like great. Right. All like I'm not saying that they're the answers. Right. Like telling on the sorority. But on the other hand, it's like, yeah, you should. They they need to be disbanded. Like someone needs to get rid of them. So anyway, I don't know. Somebody else narked. They got in trouble. They lost a pledge class like twice. And they were starting a rumor like it was going around that I was the one who had narked. So I emailed the administrator and I was like, hey, can you just let them know it wasn't me? Because uh, I don't want people thinking that I'm responsible for something I didn't do. But instead of telling people it wasn't me, that that same administrator just sent them another email saying you guys need to stop bullying other people, which, you know, as an adult, as an adult, fair enough. But still, they had to have known that was like the worst thing they could have done. Um, So to the point where then I took that email between me and the administrator that I sent originally and I forwarded it to them and I was like this is what I sent this person like please leave me alone please stop um it was really funny too because my senior year I lived in a house with um some of my friends and like for part of the summer one of the pledge classes above me like one of the girls stayed with us and I didn't really know her that well she was only staying for like a few months um and she was like you know you know like people told me that they thought you were 
were saying horrible things about the sorority. But now that I live with you, I could never see you doing that. She's like, you're just the coolest person. I'm like, you're a fucking bitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> And I, in turn, hate you. I remember her saying that to me. And I was like, people are saying that about me? It is really funny how when you turn against the group, how the group will villainize yeah. you. So, oh, yeah. Um, immediately. <laughs> I was like, Before I just don't I- care. I'm just fucking my boyfriend. We're like smoking yeah. weed and fucking every night, you know? I'm 20. Let me be 20. Anyway, that was not a good answer. Um, do I have flashbacks? I don't know. Do you? Um, I mean, I wouldn't use the word flashbacks, but there are things that like remind me of like the experience. One, because it just feels like so foreign to me now. Um, like anytime I've told somebody that I like now as an adult, I've been like, oh yeah, I was in a sorority. They're like, no, you fucking weren't. And I'm like... No, I mean, unfortunately, I truly was. Um, it doesn't I, surprise me that you were in a sorority. I'm not I don't surprised. know. Some people act very surprised by it. And I, I don't know what that means either way. Um, but I was on the phone with a friend before I hopped on here. And I was like telling her that we were going to talk about this. And she was she was in the sorority with me. Like, that's how I met her. It's like the one good thing that came out of that fucking thing. Um, I made two front people that I'm still friends with, right? So two th- great things came out of it. That's it. She was like, you remember how everybody just thought we were like asshole seniors because we we just didn't care anymore when we would get drunk before chapter meetings and I was like definitely <laughs> did that that was great um but like there was that by the time we got to be seniors we were just so like disenchanted with it but she was probably just unwilling to drop out because like what's the point of dropping out and I also wanted to drop out but my dad like wouldn't let me and this is when I still like listened to him sure you know what I mean like I was an adult at that point I was like 21 I could have made that decision I just didn't know that I could make that decision and I was also paying for the shorty myself, so I really could have made the decision. Um, <laughs> but I, I think, like, when I'm out and about and I see girls wearing, like, party shirts, which if nobody knows what that is it just means that they're it's not the stitched on embroidered letters but it's a shirt being like this sorority and this fraternity having like a cabin week or mountain weekend because mountain is a really big deal yeah or like a mixer or whatever and when i see those shirts i fucking had so many of those shirts and i loved them oh i had my favorites that i would wear like i have none of them left like they're all just they i probably wore them i have none of mine left either but they were like emblematic of look i'm cool i did a cool yeah i was part of the cool thing you were like look at this fun shit that i did right Mm -hmm. i went to a party and there were probably like hot guys and attractive girls there so like obviously i'm better than you and that's all those shirts are (laughs) can i say something really quick this a memory came back to me that one of the shirts from one of i don't remember which kind of party it was who had like a uh like a stick figure drawing on it that depicted domestic violence jesus christ that we i mean that's not surprising i did not have that shirt for the record but yes that definitely Mm -hmm. happened um as a joke domestic violence as a joke of course because i mean how else i mean when you think about some the themes for like parties Oh boy. Oh, whores oh, boy. And, oh, we literally had like whores and something. It was like literally like dressed like a whore. That was the, that was the theme. Yeah. But then the were men weren't, the men were dressed like totally like normal. They never put in any effort. It didn't matter. Was it pimps and hoes? It was pimps and hoes. That's what it was. Of course it was. Of course it was pimps and hoes. That's a very classic, uh, yes. 1999 to 2003 yeah. type of thing that happened yeah. for anybody listening. <laughs> That's not Just a me wearing like half a shirt the whole time for some reason um we also had like um i know we had toga parties for real we did yeah and then uh, definitely like um like bathing suit like wear your bikini maybe i'm wrong maybe i don't remember this right but i'm pretty sure i remember like not wearing a lot of clothing to a lot of parties that was the whole by design that was the whole game right i will never forget the first time that i got um like really drunk in college like i drank in high school and like later high school and in college but like my freshman roommate like didn't drink um and she did not join a sorority she actually joined a sorority our senior year of college which i thought was very strange but that's a whole nother story weird move yeah and i remember we went to a fraternity party which was like it was a lake house um it was so i don't even know whose house it was belonged to somebody's dad i think that was part of the fraternity and so they got to use it for whatever and it was like this giant party and it was the first time that i'd ever had everybody calls it something different we called it jungle juice and it's the cooler of everclear everclear mixed with vodka mixed with fruit punch uh sprite ginger ale and then like a ton of fruit and i will never (laughs) like just eating an entire cup of fruit being like i'm gonna be fine like ah you know who gets drunk this way everybody yeah (laughs) 
It's pretty funny now because thinking back on those parties, I I don't know. I guess like I came from a, a family that was like heavily involved in a really fundamentalist church. So I was really primed for yeah. these experiences, right? Like I already yeah. understood what was happening. And I also understood that fear would be underlying in them once that once the turn happened when during pledging, once it went from like yeah. good times to now, you know, your scum of the earth, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. But also, I think that in a different way, like the church primed me for this kind of stuff, like just being like totally fine with like the most disgusting things because I was so like deprived of like love and like affection in my own family and like beyond mm-hmm. that, even just feelings of like fitting in and being accepted. Yeah. And that's what they promise. That is what a sorority promises. We yeah. will take you. We will take you mm-hmm. not as you are. We'll make you the way we want you to be. Yeah. We'll take you if you and even that is like so that's so tempting for someone who's like 18 mm-hmm. to hear that who like especially if you have low self-esteem and again if you've been primed to already believe that you yourself are bad or not enough when someone's like oh, we'll fix you we'll turn you into the right thing and then you'll be lovable and that's what sororities do and I don't care oh, if people yeah. think I'm taking it too far it's exactly what they do no it is true and like I think I didn't really see what the weird dark side of it was until I was on the other side and I was part of the rush process as a sorority sister recruiting girls to join and I will tell you that I have never heard more some of the most vile fucked up things as we would be trapped in our chapter room till three in the morning after each party um talking about every single girl and the shit that people would say about everybody was horrible (laughs) like I mean everything about the way they look um, the kind of clothing that they wear. Did it fit right? You know, can they make decent conversation? Heaven forbid somebody be shy because, you know, fuck them, right? Their grades. Oh, and you know what? They may not be that pretty, but their grades are really good. She'll, they'll up our GPA. We can admit one. Like, So we won't get closed down. <laughs> Yeah, because like you had to maintain, right? Like collectively, you had to maintain a certain GPA average kind of thing. Right. And so you couldn't have people that were like doing poorly in school, but they're also keeping us up till three in the fucking morning, um, prioritizing rushed things over, you know, going to class. (laughs) Well, that's the rub. And that's what they do during pledging, too, is they're like, if you really cared about us, this sorority, and yourself, you would be able to manage all of these things without any problem at all. And here, like, I am just like an 18 year old with ADHD and self-esteem issues like I can't handle those <laughs> already already afraid of being yelled at like <laughs> not just have a cell phone until yeah, I went well, to college I, I had that a was cell like phone. my first time yeah yeah it was just like what a what a time um all right well it's already been over an hour so we should probably wrap yeah. it up <laughs> To Talk our tall, dark, and fictional crowd, I don't know who's going to be listening to this episode. I don't know. I, I'm sorry if this was if this is not for you. I imagine you didn't make it this far in the episode anyway. <laughs> we, um, Gabby, do you want to say any closing words about sororities? Um, yes. Here's what I'll say. In case I haven't been clear enough, obviously my stance is that like if I had a kid, which I don't have kids and I won't be having kids, but if I did have kids, I would steer them away from Greek life. Um, mostly because I don't think it helps you figure out who you are. Um, I think it hinders the process for the most part. And while like I did have some like fun, decent experiences, there were also plenty of really not good things that happened that I saw and witnessed that I didn't really know how to deal with. Um, and the problem is, is because everything is supposed to be a secret, right? Everything's supposed to be kept within the group that you don't really have anybody to turn to and talk to about stuff. Now I'm like, I could tell you every secret. I still remember the cheers. I'll tell them to you. Like, but I don't know. I just think, I think it's a, I think, I, I do think, I think sororities are a cult that really feed on people that are young, impressionable, looking for something, looking for something to belong to, looking for love, looking for friends, looking to reinvent themselves. Um, and I think you and I especially, got out and luckily like had you know like we're you know like we made it out and we're fine we had good lives but like there's a lot of people like where I think it really fucks them up (laughs) forever like really horrible horrible things happen when they're involved in these groups um that are the kind of things that like you necessarily can't really come back from and I just I don't know I just think it's all bad (laughs) in fact those things were are so common that they're associated with Greek life we won't say what those things are but you know what we're talking about yeah 
it's known for it. If it's known for it, that's a bad thing. Yes. And I just want to say to anyone who's like, well, sorties are different now or it's changed or I've got a lot of good things out of it. I just want to say, shut the fuck up. I don't care. The foundation (laughs) is faulty. The foundation of Greek life is faulty. And if the the foundation is faulty, whatever is growing from it is going to poison you. Get the fuck out. That's all I have to say. (laughs) Not to be dramatic or anything. Yeah. And again, this is just our two experiences. (laughs) It's just our two experiences, but I'm going to I'm going to go with that as advice in general. And you don't have to take it. I don't give a fuck. If you want to talk about your good experiences with Greek life, may I recommend you get your own goddamn podcast? How about that? Because this is what we're going to talk about here. Um, Anyway, so thank you so much, Gabby, for talking about sororities with me. Uh, Love to to gab with Gabby. Yes, this fun. Where can we find you? Because you're actually also a romance writer. So where can we find you? Oh, yeah. Book stuff. Um, Instagram, of course, G. Marie Wright. Actually, my screen handle, what? Shit. It's the same everywhere. TikTok, Instagram, and threads. Um, Uh G. Marie Wright. Threads.net. Threads.net, yeah, it's a very, like, 1995 type of address there. Um, but, yeah, come find me there. Um, and also, so, just an FYI for everybody who is wanting to get back into romance content, uh, we will have an episode coming out with Liz Tom Forday soon. Um, I've had that audio sitting around for a while. I had some audio issues, and whenever that happens, I just it takes me forever to get stuff out. Um, also, SJ, of course, will be, be back soon. She just wasn't in a sorority. To, to no, no surprise. She's not a sorority girl. Good, good for her for that. And then also, we'll be having another guest on soon, who I'm very excited about. Our first man on Tall, Dark, and Fictional. I'm not going to give away who that person is because I assume he's going to show up, but I don't know for sure. <laughs> I don't know for sure. We don't know. We don't count our eggs until they're hatched. Um, and we're going to be doing some more Ice Planet Barbarian stuff. So that's all very Ooh. exciting. And my name is Kat Wynn, and you can find me on most social platforms at Catwin Author, including threads.net. And follow me on TikTok because I have started to post, although I get like no views. Like I really am not posting to the algorithm. I am not doing the good stuff. Not at all. Everything's like 220 views. Yeah, literally like literally. It's like if I get a thousand views, I'm like, oh my God, wow. So yeah, yeah, I suck at it. And um, but that's fine. Uh, Come find me there on TikTok because I'm doing stuff there now. I'm kind of moving away from Instagram. I'm not going to lie. Instagram is like a a weird hellscape to me. And Twitter's done. So May May Twitter RIP. See you later, Twitter. That's it for this episode. Gabby, thank you again. To our listeners, that's my dog barking. As always, thanks for coming. I remember someone so bright then. I was really trying not to cry then. I was really hugging you goodbye then You can have my MP3 when I'm dead Play the shit and listen to what I said